Good evening, I'm Ted Koppel. Surely everyone knows by now that Buckwheat is dead. But for those of you who have not seen the videotape of Buckwheat being shot, let's take a look. What is his name? Who is he? Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay? This is my boyfriend? That's your boyfriend. What does he do? He's an importer. Just imports, no exports? He's an importer-exporter, okay? Speaking of newcomers, ladies and gentlemen, we'll take you now to an individual about ready to make his presence felt in the World Wrestling Federation. Let's take you now to Mr. Billy Jack. Hello, this is Billy Jack. You know, this is my kind of life. You know, the nature, the beautiful animals, the horses, the trees, the birds singing, all the fresh air. That's where I'm at. I don't smoke, drink, or take drugs. I work out six days a week, and now I'm here in the WWF. It's a World Wrestling Federation. And believe me, I know full well this is where the stiffest and the toughest competition is. And I'll be looking forward to meeting you all here in the WWF, the fans, everybody affiliated with it, man, because it's number one. Ty Webb, Heavy Longmire, Gustav Mateblanc. London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. This is GLK London transmitting on the short wave band on 10.4 meters at a frequency of 250 megacycles per second. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Come on then, Plato. Enlighten me. We've been getting a lot of... Ne- and we're back. Yeah, we're back. Some negative feedback on our timeliness of dealing with emails. <clears throat> TB. So we're going to try and quick hit a few here. Of course, that probably won't work, but um, I found... We'll probably get to one. I found one from 1018. Hey. From Mr. Tube Socks, and I did reply to him a 10, bit. 1018? We're not even there yet. Is it from the future? Well, I mean, October 18th oh. of 2017. Gotcha. Hey, 2017's good for us. All right, let's see. And he says... Who's this from? From Tube Socks. Who's that? Is I that on know. Twitter? No, no, not on Twitter. Okay. Someone that wants to remain anonymous. Oh, anonymous. Greetings, boys. I was recently turned... Oh, wait, before we get into this, this is Can You Hear Me, the podcast, that this week is two guys talking about stuff, answering your very late emails. Boom. I'm Gustav Monteblanc. I am Ty Webb. You can reach me at Real Gustav on Twitter. I am at Ty Webb 3000. The ghost of Heavy Longmire is at Longmire Heavy. And email us at canyouhearmepod at gmail.com because we will eventually read your emails. Just be patient, America. And this is uh, titled Must Listen Episodes. Greetings, boys. I was recently turned on to you boys by a friend. By pure coincidence, my first listen was while driving to and from Fort Worth deep into the 903 to Kilgore. I think we are just meant to be. Home of the Rangerettes. I dated a Rangerette at one point. Well, how about that? 90s? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was 90s. Grooming issues? No. No, I was fine. All right. What are some must-listen to or classic episodes I need to check and have friends listen to as well. Anywho, see you on the Twitter nets. Yeah, what's his Twitter handle? Check uh, this dude out. Let's see, hold on. We're uh, assuming this is a dude? This is a dude. Dude. I'll have to go back and find it. All right, so I responded 
immediately. Thanks for listening. Let me think about it and ask for some input from long-term listeners. And I think I did ask the group DM about that, and then I forgot. So he also replied back, I've been going back through some old episodes and came across where you guys briefly discussed the book Salvation on Sand Mountain. Oh, yeah. I purchased it, read it, and really enjoyed it. you have any other book suggestions for me? I seem Ooh. to have similar interests to y'all, and I'm around the same age, etc. Anywho, I've enjoyed going through some of the old podcasts and look forward to when the band gets back together in 2018. Ha, huh, joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in 2020. Okay, uh, let's deal with some favorite episodes. If you're new to us, or if you just want to recap, I think that both the best of 2017... And the best of 2018 episodes are a good sampler platter. Yeah, that's it's your mozzarella stick of episodes. Personally, I'm a fan of episode two. That's the episode where Ty makes his first appearance. And mm, where we know. hear about his locked out of his car on a date. That's the sweaty 150. Yes, that's a good one. One of my favorites is definitely going to be the strip joint. Susie's honey Lounge, for, yeah, yes. honey for your allergies story. Yeah, that's the, the local honey. That's a good one. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. <laughs> that is one of my favorites too. Several I, of the episodes we did with Megan were great. I, those were good. the The one where Heavy tells the Waterburger story. That yeah, that may be our best episode personally. That, it's one of my favorite stories and episodes. Yes, both counts. It's a long one. But the partial rewall episode, I think, shows us that we can discuss something. I never went back and listened to that and wondered how that I came think, across. I mean, it was long. It's very long. And we it was pretty serious. It's very serious. We don't really solve anything. I felt like I had furrowed brow during most of that. But we did find out that Heavy had a past life where he's a coyote. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. He's Man, he's into he's all kinds, all of, kinds stuff. of shady stuff. Um Let's see. I'm trying to think of some other really good ones. It's hard. It's very hard to actually think of a good one. But if you'd like to tweet, we'd certainly take your suggestions of anybody, what your favorite ones are. I think the best ofs are just a, we really, we grabbed a lot of the better parts and those are good. You know, heavies, uh, whenever we talk about ghost stories and things like that or weird things in the 903 i think those are pretty good yeah the halloween episode was good three wide and s10 that's a good one yeah that was a good that one. was a good story yours i feel like we're gonna be good by 2020 maybe i'm i feel encouraged that it it takes time to get good at this and we're we're it's, at least still going it's crazy to think at this stage because we really don't have any kind of end plan, unlike those guys over at Tell Me Where to Turn. But, you know, we're at a, over 100 hours now. We don't this. have a business model? No, there's no business model. There's no uh, monetization. Back that up. Try it again. Monetization plan. Monetization is hard to say, but you know what I find is the most difficult word for me to say? What's that? Regularly. If you try to say that, quick in a sentence i get such drop tongue slur voice sure. like i just rush it too I quick i see that you know what the hardest thing i have to say is i'm wrong i think that's the first time i've heard you say it <laughs> <laughs> all right book recommendations oh uh, wow you read i think you accomplish more reading than i do my one of my and this is a 
far cry from Salvation on Sand Mountain, which I just finished, thanks to you, which I've got here. Remind me, I'll give it to you okay. if you want to take it back. Yeah, that's fine. It's a great, great book. Um, one of my favorite books of all time is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I have not read that. Oh, you need to. It's it's def- If it's not my favorite book of all time, it's certainly in the top three. Um, he was in a Nazi concentration camp and sort of, he eventually developed this type of therapy that he calls logotherapy and that kind of thing. But the, the majority of the book is about his experience in concentration camp. And then the latter part of the book is how he developed this type of therapy designed to help people and everything through his, you know, experiences and all. But it's, it's a fascinating book. It's, it's a, it's a great book about just sort of the, um, kind of the existential nature of people and how finding me- meaning in your circumstances dictates your thoughts, behaviors, that kind of thing. It's it's really good. Not a recommendation, but more of a question. Did you ever read that weird uh, book that we found at the Half Price book that you bought? It was uh, about the affair. About the affair. I know. I've still got it, but I ha- I read like a chapter of it. It's God. It's it's by Albert Ellis, right? Who is a famous therapist and was known for being a big character and uh, saying outlandish things and you know not pulling any punches and being to the point about stuff. But um, it's definitely an interesting read. It's it feels very dated mm-hmm. because well, I, it, it yeah is. it is. And I think I think it was sixties maybe when it was I published, it was like a, maybe fifties. I thought it was like. Late sixties, early seventies. I think it was. I think it's sixties. Um, but it feels very late sixties, early seventies. Um, but yeah, it, I think what was the title of it? How to have an affair? Something like that. It I was think it's crazy. Yeah, how to have an affair or something. Yeah, it's, the two of us at the half price book sale is a dangerous thing. Oh my gosh! Just back up the semi. Very bad. So, I, I think. Fiction-wise, I would recommend Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, if you've never read that. That's one of my favorites. Animal Farm. Animal Farm, 1984, both, I think, are uh, essential. Now, I like additional Orwell books, although 1984 and Animal Farm are his best. Uh, Homage to Catalonia details uh, the Spanish Civil War, his involvement there, and Keep the Aspidistra flying is more of a Edwardian struggles England type thing. Um, I also like Algis Huxley's Brave New World. I was just about to say that. That is so weird that you said that. Yeah, that's also a that's a fantastic favorite book. of Mrs. Uh, Gustav. If you want to dig further into the origins of dystopian literature, Eugene Zamoyatin wrote We, uh, I think, in the teens or the early twenties. Yeah. Um, I'm a sucker, and I know it's like cliche, but I'm a sucker for Hemingway. See, I'm not a Hemingway fan, man. I I'm fascinated by the person. Yes, uh, that I am. Which, and and I think that sometimes that carries over to where I'm a little biased towards enjoying his books even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean the, and I mean I'm sure most people have read it, but I still think The Old Man in the Sea is fantastic. There, I can't remember the name of the short story, I, but have you ever heard of Selected Shorts on NPR? No. And I'm not sure it's still in production, but basically 
they have actors, sometimes famous, read selected short stories on stage. And there was one where John Turturro, who I love. Oh, he's good in everything. Read a Hemingway story about a sailor that's trying to, he finds a, a wreck on a sandbar that's sunken. He's trying to get down and salvage it himself before anybody else does. It is so damn good. I've got to try to find it for yeah, you. Remind me of that before you go so I can write that down oh, so I can read it. That's just short story wise too. I love Raymond Carver, The Cathedral. Have you ever read that? Maybe. Go it's, on because things. It's fascinating. Um, it's a great short story. Also, have you ever read the, I think it's categorized as a short story, but The Death of Ivan Illich by yes. Tolstoy? Yes. It's really good. Yeah, I, I like Tolstoy. Um, I also like Dostoevsky and Solzhenitsyn. I don't know if you've ever read any of his fiction or his nonfiction, although I his, have not. his nonfiction gets kind of questioned whether it's really nonfiction or not. If you haven't read any Raymond Carver, you need to check him out. I think I have. It's uh, very dark, semi-noir. I think, I mean, Cathedral's probably his most famous short story, but he's written a lot of really good stuff. But, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to, I mean, there's so many... It, you almost have to break it down by genre. Yes. I mean, we did Blood Meridian. Yes, which is not an easy book to read. No, but it's worth it's, the time and effort. If you can get into it and get past that first quarter or so, it's worth it. You know, speaking of efforts, I've been working on Infinite Jest. I have not read that. By uh, Wallace. I, I've been working on it. I think I've had it for almost 20 years. And it's this, you know, it's yeah. three or four inches thick and it has... It's like a Tolstoy novel. Yes, it, but with footnotes that are imperative to actually read because he creates it. I can't say that it's good. It's interesting. And it kind of fits into also, you know, some people say that he's a derivative of um, Pinchon, you know, and, all, and I barely even dip my toe into Gravity's Rainbow and stuff like that. Or going back further to uh, I Never Have Made It All the Way Through Ulysses by... Oh, yeah, uh, by Joyce. By Joyce. I've tried, but I found... It's a beating. I bought the cliff notes for it because I was having such a hard time. And this is as an adult, not in class or anything. I go by the cliff notes. And I was surprised when, oh, Bloom's character, he's Jewish. Right. I'm like... I didn't pick that up. <laughs> yeah, how would I've known? I've that? been reading like a hundred pages and I hadn't figured this out. So, but I lost my copy. I don't know where it's at. When you mentioned Pinchon, I mean, I I think some of his best work was in Perfect Strangers. See, I've only read excerpts from that. It's good. <laughs> I think you can't. <laughs> you can't go. <laughs> the fact that you just took that in stride is why you're one of my best friends. Uh, um. I don't think you can go wrong with anything Cormac McCarthy. I mean, I know some people get bogged down by his writing style, but I love it. I bought some a couple more um, books. And don't watch the movies. No, no, you need, although No Country for Old Men's great. It, no Country for Old Men is the only one to me that stands close. Um, don't I, watch All the Pretty Horses. Just read the book. Yeah, I haven't read those. I've bought several copies and I just, you know, I, I buy so many books, you know, and I, I buy I buy books that I'm like, oh, I need to read this. Yeah. 
I buy crazy books that I'm like, oh, I think that might be interesting. And then I just buy stuff. I'm like, I don't know why I bought this. Like right now, I think in play actively, I'm reading a Roger Corman autobiography about the famed B movie director. Love him. I do too. I've seen a documentary on him that was really good. And I'm reading Khrushchev on Khrushchev, which is a memoir of Nikita Khrushchev's son talking about his father. Oh, that'd be interesting. Did you bang your shoe on the table while you're reading? Well, what's so far coming to play is Khrushchev's, even though the Cuban Missile Crisis was on his watch, he's not, he seems to be much more of a progressive in the party that was really looking to, you know, still communism, but not the boogeyman that he's Hmm. been portrayed. Now, again, this is his son writing, but there's also the editors putting in footnotes saying, well, you know, I don't know if I'm prepared for reasonable Khrushchev. It's he's, you know, well, and at first I was like, is this just a revisionist, you know, uh, or from the prism of looking at your father? But then he's pointing out, well, he's wanting to do this. He's wanting to do this. And I'm like, well, that fits into the, why he, you know, he toured the U.S. multiple, you know. Yeah. Yeah. In the, in the fifties. And like, he wanted to bring corn back to the Soviet Union. But, and this blew me away. I texted Travis when I read it. Inside the Soviet scientific apparatus, there was a push against genetics. Huh. And, you know, Mendelian genetics was bad. Right. Because there were agronomists that are like, no, 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 that's bullshit. And they were powerful in the party. Or pro-eugenics. Well, (laughs) for for plants, not for people. Right. And they were um, resistant to them bringing American hybrid seeds Hmm. for corn. Anyway, I haven't got that far into it. But I was like, you know, because we know so little of the Soviet Union at the time, other than Cuban Missile Crisis and Berlin and stuff like that. So if you want to know more about Russian corn genetics, <laughs> I'll be doing a, an upcoming City of Gustav. <laughs> I think there was one time... Uh, Titled Dent Corn, here or there. Uh, there was a an off-the-record appearance by IJB where they're like, yeah, if you want to listen to three hours of North Korean politics talk, <laughs> listen to Can You Hear Me? Here's your guy. <laughs> Anyway, All right, um, we've gotten to one email one so far. Email. We're halfway through the one episode. One email, and it's only 18 and a half minutes in. <laughs> this is why we do three a year. Hey, you know what? We give thoughtful answers here, don't That's we? That's right. We're not just quick hitting this stuff. We're no, giving we're, you quality corn quality. genetics responses. All right. This next one is from Toledo. Tele. Tele, tele. Entitled Recapturing Energy. Okay. I'm interested. Hola, I don't, I don't know. know I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what that I don't means. Know what you're saying we're, here. we're done here. This may or may not be worth a segment. Never stopped this before. No. But I'm not surrounded by scholarly gentlemen such as yourselves, so I'll ask y'all about it anyway. For years, I've been interested in alternative and recapturing energy. Sadly, engineering math at A and M scared me away. Peaks his interest. Brad from the field. So now I do marketing. All right. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. Sadly, engineering math at A&M scared me away from the field, so now I do marketing. I've had two ideas since high school that I've always wondered why they don't do. Number one, I know that the Prius does this, parentheses, not with wind, 
But I've always thought that a car should be able to regenerate its own power by capturing the energy of the wind it passes through. My idea was to put some kind of turbine at the rear of the car and make the wind flow around the car into the turbine. In my head, this should be enough wind to power the car, but I'm probably wrong. So would you have to... You would have to in some way capture and save energy when you're at a certain speed, though, right? Because you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to capture enough at low speed for that. Yeah, I mean, there would be some type of, of thing. So, first off, neither of us are engineers. No. Nor are we physicists. No, although we do enjoy reading physics sometimes as a hobby. Sometimes. And, you know, we took basic physics along yeah. the way. Physics is all about the professor, man. I took two physics classes when I was in college, and one was so incredibly boring, even though the later I found out that the actual material was incredibly interesting. But the professor, good Lord, God help him. The second one, the professor was amazing. And I was like, oh, this is great. But yeah, it's you, you need a good professor for a physics class. So I think it's like math. Yeah. Now, you know, aerodynamics are way above my pay, pay grade. And there obviously gets into instances with drag, but I can't help but think if this was feasible this far along into things such as, you know, aerospace engineering, that if it was possible, people would have already done it on... Well, you know, this is where you get into the conspiracy planes. theories, though. Similar, like, you know, there's the guy in California, I think it's California, that created that car that ran on water back in the 80s or whatever. And then all these conspiracy theorists came out to say that, you know, kind of like the whole cancer conspiracy right. that, you know, Big Petroleum was quashing this idea that cars could actually run on water, but that the due to how that was going to affect their business, that they wouldn't allow for this to be or you mass got, manufactured. Now, that just made me think of an episode... Wasn't that a 60 Minutes that that guy was on? It was, I think it was in the 80s. Well, and I think it was in California where he created a car powered by water and drove it around and said that, you know, he was willing to share the technology with anyone that wanted to mass produce it, but it just never came to fruition. That I'm not sure if we're thinking of the same thing, but that made me think well, of, I could be totally wrong. of an unsolved mystery. No, that, that sounds legit. And I know there's always conspiracies about that. Recently, a Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries with perfect hair. Vintage Unsolved Mysteries are available streaming now. What? On Amazon and on Hulu. Well, I'm going to hit that. I have been. And they're great. <laughs> and the best thing about them is that... Stack's hair? Well, Stack is awesome. And there's Stack one episode I got to find point. because you're going to love it. I need to find the clip from it. I may be able to find it for here. But it's about an amnesiac that can do all these things. But because we're so far from the past, these awesome people have gone back and made updates for everything that's ever been solved. Really? So you get resolution in about 75% of the cases. Oh, man. And if it's something that happened real time, it's stacked saying, well, you know, right. so-and-so found their lost father. But they include this in the episode? They include this in the episode. But there's so much that's happened after. Got to get on that. Forget all these books. It's been on happened. That. That they just have like a blurb and they'll show it and it won't be a voiceover. Now, what I'm thinking of, and I saw this just recently, was Elizabeth Carmichael, who created the Dell. Okay. And I don't remember this at all no. when I was a kid, but 
it was going to be it was is this a John Teeter situation? It was basically it's going to be the super fuel efficient car, and she was getting um, she was very dynamic in her sales of this and pr- producing it. It was going to get over uh, I think like sixty miles a gallon. So here we are in the oil crisis. This was when seventy three. People are in gas lines, and this lady is very convincing, and they're going to do all this stuff. Nixon kill it. Well, the fascinating thing about it, all of it, no, it was all House of Cards. Okay. okay. I'm not the TV show, but there wasn't anything. The Emperor's New Clothes. There really wasn't a car that could do this. Uh, but the fascinating thing is that Elizabeth Carmichael was a man. I was about to ask if she was a man. Yes. So, and Dallas Ties. Because, I mean, there's no way a female would create a car. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's preposterous. That couldn't happen. Megan? Megan couldn't make a car. <laughs> anyway. I think Megan could do anything she puts her mind to. Now, Stan Man, he could make a car. Yeah. And he could make a car with Rear View Industries fasteners from Mount Pleasant. For all your fastener needs, go to Rear View Industries. I th- I'm not sure if it's Industries, but anyway, we're going to get you a hat. I need a hat. But it's going to have to be like a secret drop because he wants to figure out who we are and that but ain't I- happening. And I like... Rear, I like, I don't know if it's titled industries, but I think it's Rearview Supply, maybe. Maybe, yeah. But I like Rearview Industries better because it kind of conjures up Vandalay Industries. Yes. Which is my favorite industry of all time. Import, export. <laughs> do you do most, mostly importing or mostly exporting? Well, you know, some of both. It's such a great bit. <laughs> I love it when Kramer takes the suitcase to work and he's just got the roll of Ritz crackers <laughs> right. in there. And okay. he comes home all stressed. Oh, he's wearing a suit that's about three sizes too he's small. Drinking Maalox or Pepto or something. Uh, it's killing me, Jerry. Email I, number three. No, I'm not done talking oh, okay. about unsolved We're mysteries. We're still on two. We're still on so, two. So then I watched this episode. It's an unsolved one. Okay, there's no update, and it's about these two boys that got run over by a train. I say boys, teenagers, run over by a train in Arkansas. Mm. But the weird thing is they were laid out on the tracks next to each other. Suicidal. Situation. Well, that was what the official story, and they had the marijuana in their system. Mm, the marijuana will get you. But the parents are like, no, this isn't right, okay? Something's weird. And there was talk about drug dealers and things like this in this area. Hmm. No update. No solve, okay? Remains unsolved. The other day, former pro wrestler Billy Jack Haynes okay. claims... I'm going to pretend like I know who that is. Well... Some of our... There's a lot of wrestlers named Billy Jack. Well, this one was... He wore a... He had a, a beard. If you saw him, you might recognize him. A, a beard a, does not surprise me on a Billy Jack. He wore a black Billy Jack looking hat. Okay. The like flat, a Buford T. Pusser style? No, like the, like the movie Billy Jack. He, oh, okay. You know, the, okay. Um, the black hat with the band. He had a... Gotcha. Anyway, Mountie he claims... Looking. He played... He was brought in to be um, muscle for these dealers... Oh, and he knows that they got murdered by drug dealers. William H. Jefferson might be involved. What in all this? So, like the dealers tied him down to the tracks or something? Like they saw something and the dealers killed him and laid him out on the track. Oh, so they were already dead? Yeah, when they got ran when over. They got run over. Yeah. Hmm. Find here, Billy Jack's recent. I'm, I've always been fascinated by, and I know we have several friends and family members that worked on the railroad. Those situations of trains running over people and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's is, crazy. That was Billy Jack Haynes. Whoa. 
That is a nice hat. And what is that, a neck band he's got? He's got a neck there? band on, matching with his wristbands there. He looks fully oiled. Yeah, he was, uh, there's his Billy Jack hat. Well, he's got a pretty solid tattoo situation working and there. And there too. he's, uh, with the Hulkamaniac and, uh, and Mean Gene. Gene there. Nice. Anyway, so that, that just popped up. Now, people say he may be crazy. People say he might still be out there. <laughs> out there still. But he says that he witnessed the 1987 Arkansas murders. Okay. So that's anyway, enough for me. I was like, ding, Mystery ding, 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 solved. And you can watch all these unsolved mysteries and they are fantastic. I know exactly what I'm going to do when you leave. I was night. watching some last night, in fact. I'm there on it. Go. I'm on it. Get the hell out of my house so I can start watching these things. In the nude. Totally. All right. Number two. Kind of along the same way. Wait, lines. this is number three, right? No, that was number. The first one was about the wind turbine. Okay, there's only two. Well, this is the same. This is the same email. Same email. Okay, this yeah. is still tell. I always say we got way more than three emails. Okay, we're not going to get to them all. That's a humble brag right there. Way more than I mean, three emails. We over got the like course, four over the course of like six months. We rack up a few. Kind of along the same lines, I've always thought that we're missing out on a large amount of energy that comes off of a car or truck as it drives down the road you're standing by a highway, it's enough to almost knock you down. So my idea is that instead of having 100 acres of wind farms out here in West Texas, a metro area could set up vertical wind turbines along major highways with lots of traffic to capture that locally. The big issue here was space, and the turbines would be too small, but recently the spiral vertical turbines have become more popular. Am I crazy to think that a place like Dallas could put these along 30 in certain areas and create a lot of their own energy? So that's about all I got. Am I insane? Love your buns. Toledo. Okay, first of all. And he gives us his phone number, which is? First of all, nothing is going to survive very long on I-30. No. Second of all, why don't we focus our efforts towards something more substantial, like how to keep a Coca-Cola or Dr. Pepper, if you will, from losing its fizz once you open it? That's something that we could all profit from. This whole energy situation bullshit, like. Let's 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 back burner that until we get down to more pressing issues like carbonated dissonance. Boy, how great is that first sip? Yes. Why can't every drink or every sip be as good as that first one? Now, here's a uh, like women. Here's a here's a fun fact. When I was a kid and he may still be this way right now, my brother, who I know, you know, kind of sort of. If we had a two liter of Coca Cola, yes, as you're as I'm demonstrating, you're demonstrating here with a so you know how this 20 is a twenty ounce, ounce or sixteen point nine, excuse me. Oh, um, the hey twenty now. the two liter label came down to about an inch and a half from the bottom, right? Right. If he drank it, even if he opened it himself just then, and he began drinking from the bottle, from the bottle, or pouring it either way, okay. If the volume got to the point that he could see daylight. Between the liquid and the label, he Gone. would not drink any further. Was this a, a backwash? No, I scarcity mean, no, or just a fizz just, issue? It was a fizz issue. Even if he was so thirsty and drank it right then and drank all of that in that one setting, yeah, if it got below that, he would stop. I tell you what, I gotta say, I'm with him on this because once you lose the fizz in that cola now i can get if forget it, the cola i can get if it had been sitting there for a couple of days but it would always kill me if it was like we were at a family get together and you it you know it got started 
knocking it down really quick, he would still draw the line. He was done. Done. Uh, I, I applaud him for that. And I say, if Tell really wants to make a difference in this country, he'll focus his, he'll forget this energy bullshit and focus his efforts and intellectual prowess, which I grant him and marketing is skills. substantial marketing. and marketing skills towards this cola fizz issue. That's what we need people working on. It's really important. And it would make people, I mean, if I was as happy the entire time I'm drinking that Coke as I am at that first sip. Oh, your whole life would change. I, yeah. I mean, what affects you more, your cola fizz or energy? Yeah, I got energy already. It, I mean, it's not even an issue. Now, I agree that wind turbines on the side of the road would be problematic, but I do always think that every car... Dude, there's going to be somebody jacking those wind turbines and taking them to a pawn shop in three days. Yeah. Every vehicle should have solar panels on the roof. Why don't, why aren't we using that? I don't know, but I like the fact that you say roof because it always makes me pissed off when people pretentiously say roof. Roof? It's, it's roof. Okay. Yeah, Get over it. No, it's roof. We, we say it right around here. All right. This one is from Dan Horgan. Dan. We just lost power. But we kept recording. We're back. And we we're back. We never... Uh, Man, it just went dark in here. Yeah. All right. Ooh. This is from Dan. Is that Arter. your hand or mine? Well... It doesn't matter. You remember that hypothetical about me masturbating on public? It has come to fruition. Whack, I wouldn't really whack, consider whack. this public, though, and it's just me and you. But well, it's you got to start small. Close enough, so to speak. Hey, now. All right. This is from Dan, our Australian listener. Good eye, mate. And it's titled Yoga Pants. Love them. One of the best inventions of all time. I was actually Look, thinking about this on the, the way down. If the people who invented yoga pants would have been busy with this wind energy turbine situation bullshit, we, we would have never had yoga pants. Right. <laughs> okay. And we need yoga pants, people. And before we get to Dan's email, which is very important. Top of mind. I was thinking about how shitty we had it. In we the years in 1988 through 1992. We didn't have no yoga pants. The, I was looking, you know, our recent discussion about our parents' yearbooks had me looking back at ours. You know what the fashion was for the girls in our age? Oh, those big bulky sweaters. Bulky sweaters and like kulak denim shorts yeah. that were baggy. Baggy ass clothes. We might as well have been hanging out with Amish chicks. We didn't even get the Capri situation that our parents got. No. No. And then like, give me capris and some penny loafers over that bullshit we had to deal with. And just a few years later, when my brother's in school, the girls are wearing mini skirts and. Oh, yeah. Now we did have the Rockies. We did have the Rockies. But those were still not near as prevalent as the bag. No. And that's a double edged sword, too. Yeah. Oof. All right. All right. Thank you, Dan. Good day. And I lost the email. Son of a bitch. Well, we'll see you, Dan. Still listening for Australia. After the last couple of emails I sent you, I mentioned to my girlfriend that I'd email you. She read said emails and then commented, Wow, you really sound like an old man. Hey. And we, we welcome that. We do. So I feel obligated to bring it down a notch. I'm inspired by Ty's gym stories. Hey. Definitely one of my favorite episodes. That I, is a good one. The, uh, the stretching and the uh, the hand, no hand washing. The uh, shitty McWalkman. Shitty McWalkman. Yeah. Are you still going to that gym or you switched? No, nah, I switched to a different one. That one got bought out by these ultra 
CrossFit bodybuilder oh, yeah. couple, and now the whole gym just like became populated with these bodybuilder types. And I was just like, I can't. It, this used to be a nice hole in the wall gym, and then it just became way too intense. So I, I moved to a different one. But I'm still fit. I can attest to that. That's why I don't wear a shirt while we record or pants. Those quads are really popping. Oh, they're popping. I practice Bikram yoga, which is yoga practiced in room heated to 40 degrees Celsius or 104 degrees Fahrenheit for an hour and a half and generally in a room with many females wearing minimal yoga outfits. How much gas is passed in that situation? That that would be my concern. I, I have personally been in yoga classes where the farting has gone on. Yeah. Not Mark, mine. First I'm of all, Mark. I'm holding that in. Second of all, that's why... I do believe in yoga. It is fantastic, but I'm I'm a believer in the private at your own domicile yoga practice. Although Or the, just with those you trust. The idea of many females wearing minimal yoga outfits is enticing. I did have a client one time ask me if I wanted to go do hot yoga with her. And you thought that was a metaphor? Well, although a very nice lady, I wasn't really interested in seeing her in uh although minimal Man, there's yoga outfits. There are few, and there are some, but there are few that yoga pants don't help out. Yeah. Well, and this is when she asked me this, this was before yoga pants. My attitude might have been different, but the idea, you know, living where we do Mm -hmm. and how much time I've spent outside working in a hundred plus degree heat, Mm -hmm. the idea of willfully going and doing it never hasn't been enticing to me. Yeah, I've never done the hot yoga officially. It may seem an odd thing to do, however. It has been an integral part of myself overcoming a severe drug addiction of 22 years. Seven years clean. Good for you. Way to go. That is awesome. That's seven years clean. That's, That's excellent. One must be very discreet in such an environment to ensure that one's appreciation appreciation of such finely toned women is not obvious or inappropriate. A gentleman. A true true gentleman. gentleman. A true Aussie sober gentleman. Recently, during a class, there was a very attractive fit lady who was positioned directly in front of me. I was discreetly and respectfully admiring said lady and noticed when as she bent forward, there was a split in her yoga pants in the crotch. Read this slower. Each time she bent forward... I could do without the laughter. You just killed it. (laughs) Each time she bent forward. (laughs) Maybe that's the title to this episode. No, the title's coming. (laughs) I don't know if I want to title the episode coming. Each time she bent forward, her shaved box. (laughs) Okay. That's the title of the episode was exposed for everyone to see. Not a lot of nuance there, Ozzy. <laughs> a lovely sight indeed. Maybe that's a better title. <laughs> yeah, a lovely sight indeed is what we should go with. I was torn, however. As were her pants. And many thoughts raced through my mind. Am I the only one who noticed? Should I tell her that her gash is on display? <laughs> oh my god. You know, we don't read these ahead of time. Usually. Uh, yeah, evidently. What will her reaction be when she discovers her split in her pants, etc.? Needless to say, it was difficult to concentrate. I opted just to continue with the class and let this lady discover her well, split pants. You didn't pants leave in disgust? <laughs> <laughs> this guy is a gentleman. You know, you don't want to cause a ruckus. Oh, my gosh. 
Needless to say, it was difficult to concentrate. I opted to. Yeah, come on now. I opted to just continue with the class and let this lady discover her split pants in her own time. I've not seen this lady attend a class since. Anyway, still listening and eagerly awaiting a t-shirt. I'm an XL. Catch you later, Dan. Dan, I did find the t-shirt that I bought, a black XL. Um, I found that just today, and I still have that on my list to do for you. Which one are you going to make? Uh, I'm going to even the straight, can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Uh, the standard the Gonzalez flag. I, you know, I would like a t-shirt at some point. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. got that old original. Yeah, the shitty one. Iron yeah. on, but I still wear it. But. Yes, I, I, owe, I owe lots of people t-shirts. It goes well at parties. Yeah. What the fuck is this? All right, Dan, that was a great email. Oh, Dan, thank you. And have you ever, that, that I think begs the question, have you ever been in an un- uncomfortable exposure situation that didn't involve your own genitals? Right. Well, I've certainly been in similar situations, maybe not to that extent. I remember I was in a abs class at the local. <laughs> if you thought you were going to fucking get my abs class <laughs> without a total stop down, <laughs> you're out of your fucking mind. There was I was in an abs class is going to be the new title of every episode from here on out. To be fair, there was a buxom Canadian nurse that I was attending said abs class with to try and gain some ground. But um, there was definitely some exposure. I want your next shirt to say, (laughs) I was in an abs class. Just have it say abs class. Just abs class. Hashtag, can you hear me? Holy shit. I'm going to name my next band Abs Class. Is Abs Class the new new name? Abs Class is never going to be beaten. Holy shit. Oh, we have to, we we have to title this episode Abs Class. I mean, I, I, I was dead set on the other, but holy shit, we cannot. We cannot deny the power of abs class. It might have been called abs blasters. Oh my gosh, that's I still prefer abs class. No, abs class is better. Um, I I certainly looked, but again, it was not quite as full view as that. Was this the Canadian? That was the Canadian. Uh, around the same time, there was also another gal that I was bedding down. No, I never bedded her down, but um, I would worked with her and. Went to the gym also, mm-hmm. and we would be in the same classes or do the same classes together sometimes. And we were stretching. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and there... Did this a little was, neck iso? Well, uh, this was a uh, this was in the mid-90s. A better time. And as we mentioned, grooming was different then. That's one way to put it. And there was definitely some... Uh, the carpet matched the drapes. Okay. It was on display. Mm. And you were that able was, to verify that? That was able to verify that. That was the only time I ever verified that, but that was a very awkward stretch. <laughs> Did that make work the next day a little? Well, I tense? mean, it was certainly like, oh, okay. I mean, you we, you know, went on and did, <laughs> we made gone to abs class. <laughs> <laughs> abs class part two. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. So, yeah. This whole night has been worth it for abs class. <laughs> I got to go design the abs class t-shirt now. It does make a difference, though, especially if it's someone you're going to see on a routine basis afterwards. There's a big difference between you yeah. seeing them and them realizing you saw them. Right. Did yeah. she know you saw? No, I don't think she knew that okay. I saw. So anything. that makes it a little. Yeah, better. no, that, that's awkward, especially you know that type of proximity. And I think if it's something like where are we talking inches here? Well, it wasn't very it was me to you. you Got to have room for those abs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think to a time, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago our old summer job where we'd get off at three o'clock and we would go swimming and partying stuff. And there was a swing. Yeah. And the old swing, the old swing. And you got, you were depending on, you know, the old swing. Well, I'll bleep out. Cause that's too close to, there's not a lot of in the 903. Okay. The old <laughs> swing, the old swing. Well, you know, there was a, uh, pole lashed about what eight or nine feet above the bank yeah and that's what you swung off of normally <laughs> you swing up your abs class has totally fucked your mind up <laughs> as soon as i said it i knew i was gonna get kicked in the nuts there was no way <laughs> oh shit i can't I can't handle abs class and swanged out on in the same fucking show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Go right. on with your swing. <laughs> We're swinging. <laughs> I guarantee you I will use the word swanged at some point this week now. I can't help it. As soon as I said it, I knew you were oh, coming at me. Shit, I'm going to pounce on that like a rat on a Cheeto. Anyway. One of our friend's girlfriend was out there. I mean, they were there together, and everybody's. Who was this? You can bleep it. Uh, it was. Uh, it was one was date. Okay. Anyway, it's an odd pairing. It was an odd pairing. She had swung <laughs> and landed in the water and got out, and you know everybody was taking their orderly turns, and we were standing up on the. The pole, the crossbar, me and Shmoo. He was always up for some swanging. And all of a sudden, we looked down, and as she's coming up out of the water, she had one of those, like, twist-top bikinis. Oh, yeah. One tit was out. Look out. And the gentleman that he is, he yelled, Your tit's out! (laughs) Shmoo! Yes. Yes! That's exactly what he would say. Anyway... She was uh, horrified, being a, a modest young lady, right? And you know, quickly uh, covered up, and I think she wanted to leave shortly after that. Oh, I imagine. I bet. I bet she was beat red. Yeah, it was. It was rough on her. Anyway, that's another thing that I could think of where the awkwardness was. I'm. Tr- I'm trying to think of. I don't. I don't re- recall too many experiences where. I happened to catch a glimpse of something and it became awkward other than like older male family members that decided to, you know, wear short shorts. Oh, yeah. The balls hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's there was a I had a client where it was way up north in Michigan. Seeing a grandfather's balls will change a man. 
That's it. <laughs> Is that an ender? That's an ender. <laughs> All right. So if we have any aerospace engineers. We got to what? Three emails? Three. Nice. That's maybe a record. That's, <clears throat> it's got to be close. If we have any aerospace engineers, please come in and help us solve the fizz problem. Fuck Toledo's. Yeah, forget this ideas. energy bullshit. Let's, let's get down to let's the get real the needs of this country on, uh, on our carbonation issues. And if you have any stories of split yoga pants or shaved boxes, we'd love to hear them. <laughs> Bring us your swanging stories <laughs> or your abs class stories. Oh man, <laughs> email us at can you hear me pod at gmail dot com, and I guess we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh. On January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one. A young man was found wandering aimlessly through the desert, 30 miles from Las Vegas, Nevada. He was dressed in three layers of clothing, carried no identification, and had apparently been in the desert for at least three days. rushed to a hospital suffering from exposure and extreme dehydration. Are you having any pain anywhere? The patient was diagnosed with psychogenic amnesia, a condition caused not by physical injury, but by some traumatic emotional experience. Can you wiggle your toes for me? While the mysterious young man quickly regained his physical health, his memory remained completely and totally blocked. The hospital staff gave him the name Tyler and enrolled him in a state-funded program which provided a job and an apartment. In the past nine months, several tantalizing clues have surfaced, but Tyler is still a man without an identity. Tonight, he desperately hopes that someone watching can finally tell him who he is. Authorities in Las Vegas were baffled. They found no one reported missing who matched Tyler's description. There was no record of his fingerprints with the FBI, the Department of Defense, or the CIA. However, doctors did find two clues. Evidence of hairline fractures in the knuckles of both hands and what is believed to be an old gunshot wound on his right thigh. Otherwise, it is as if Tyler never existed. Then another clue surfaced. During a conversation with a fellow patient from San Diego, California, Tyler got the eerie feeling that he once lived there but the recollections were vague and lacked any detail until he underwent hypnosis. Under hypnosis, this kind of sharpened the memories that I was having and it brought pictures to them, whereas most of my memories of the past came to me, just seemed like words coming out of my mouth and more like I was looking at a piece of paper than I was really living the memory and this brought life to it. I started remembering a lot about the beaches and different things around the beaches. I also remembered a lot about the military bases in San Diego. There's North Island Naval Air Station. There's a Coast Guard 
airfield right across from Lindbergh Field, uh, actually more like a hangar. And they have a gate that they open up and bring uh, the planes across Harbor Boulevard there. And I just really got a sense of belonging, like San Diego was the place that I needed to be. Under hypnosis, Tyler also vividly recalled flying over San Diego. He was struck by the certainty that he knew how to pilot an airplane. Tyler felt that getting behind the controls of a plane might help trigger additional memories. Accompanied by a flight instructor, he put his uncanny knowledge of flying okay, to the test. Okay, let's try another turn, all right? Got to keep that nose level. Go ahead and watch your altimeter. Just make sure it stays about the same all the way through. Finally, complete control of the plane was given to Tyler, and he brought it in for a landing. There we go. Not bad. The instructor concluded that although a little rusty, Tyler had definitely flown before. As time passed, more intriguing clues emerged. Although Tyler cannot remember his own name, incredibly, he can single-handedly dismantle and rebuild a sophisticated race car engine. He also possesses highly developed skills in scuba diving, martial arts, and computer programming. Perhaps most intriguing of all is Tyler's detailed and intimate knowledge of the bombing mechanisms found on the Navy's A-6 attack plane. Many clues suggest that Tyler has some kind of military background, but no record of this man discovered in the desert last January has been found with the Navy or any other branch of the service. I'm really kind of at a difficult point in my life right now where I can't move ahead with myself. I can't get on with my life. I can't do anything really I'm almost like an illegal alien here I I have no identification of any of any form now I can't go to work because I I'm not eligible for a social security number I can't drive a car because I don't have a social security number or a date of birth and I'm starting to feel more frustrated as the days go by because I really feel this needs to come to an end I do need to find out who I am A county psychiatrist diagnosed Tyler as a genuine victim of amnesia. Last month, this case took on added urgency when the state funding which provided his job and apartment was abruptly cut off. Then on the night of our broadcast, Tyler's search for his identity came to a poignant but unsettling conclusion. Within minutes, Tyler was reunited with his mother by phone. But as more details emerged, some began to believe that Tyler may not have lost his memory at all. That evening, Tyler gathered with friends to watch the show. Before his segment even aired in Las Vegas, a man from Boise, Idaho, called our telecenter and identified Tyler as his son. Unsolved Mysteries immediately contacted Tyler. Yes, sir. Sorry uh, it took so long, but everything that, that I was looking to cross-referenced, and we have located your family for you. You have? Yes. I have located your dad and your mother and your wife, who you've been separated from for, since February of 1990. And um, she, um, they've informed me that you also have two children. And your wife lives in Iowa, your mother lives in Iowa, and your dad lives in Idaho, okay? So I want to get Tyler learned that his real name is Arthur Paul Beale, but he goes by Paul. He is 23 years old, and before he was stricken with amnesia, he lived in Boise, Idaho. A few minutes later, a nervous Paul Beale called the mother and stepfather he could not remember. Hello? May I speak with Mrs. Beale? This is Mrs. Beale. This is 
your son. How are you? You sound great. I've waited so long to hear you talk. I miss you. I'm scared. I bet you are. I don't remember you. Huh? I don't remember you. I'll help you, Paul. The emotional phone call lasted nearly 20 minutes. You be strong, okay? And I'll talk to you real soon. Okay. Okay, honey. Bye. Bye. A short time later, the case of Paul Beale, a.k.a. Tyler Doe, took a stunning and unexpected twist. What's the effort? I don't know. You don't know what to do? You don't know what to do? North Las Vegas police arrived and placed Paul under arrest for grand larceny. He was wanted by Boise police in connection with a stolen shipment of frozen food. How long have you had amnesia? Oh, nine months. How do you remember that if you got amnesia? Hi, I've come to get my son. The next night, Paul's mother, Lynn Beale, arrived from Iowa to post bail for him. Their reunion was both emotional and awkward. Paul Beale still did not recognize his own mother. I don't remember you. You will. It's strange being with Paul and his not remembering anything about me, not knowing who I am. I just I want to push everything into his head, make him remember everything. I want to make sure I can do things to help him. I'm scared. I don't want to do something to push it back farther. I want to reinforce happy thoughts, good memories. I won't send it. No, I just want him to know I love him. We all love him. Nightmares. And I'm relieved that he's safe. He's alive. The reunion was tempered not only by Paul's amnesia, but by the criminal charge against him. In Boise, Paul was a salesman for a food supply company. On January 5th, 1991, he left for Las Vegas to sell a shipment of frozen food. He never returned to Boise. On January 25th, Paul surfaced with the empty truck in Boulder City, Nevada, where he was questioned but not arrested by local police. At that particular time, my impression of Mr. Beale was that he was very intelligent very well-versed, uh, very possibly well-educated, very clean-cut, and extremely talkative. It just wasn't Paul. That isn't something he would do. He's done silly, stupid things like anybody else has made mistakes, but nothing to the degree that this was where he was actually breaking the law. I told him when he left, I says, Boise going to get a warrant for you. You know, they're going to do it. It's going to be grand larceny felony. So it's just a matter of time. You better get up there and go back up there. He said, yeah, I'm going back now. I'm going right back up there and take care of the situation. It'll be fine. Three days after he was detained, Paul Beale, who came to be known as Tyler, was found wandering in the desert. Detective Bauman raises the obvious and disturbing question. Is Paul Beale faking? 
Amnesia is easy. I don't know. Who are you? I don't know. Where are you from? I don't know. Do you know anything? I don't know. It's, it's easy. And a guy like him, he's convincing. Is this the four of you? Uh-huh. On Thanksgiving. This still isn't my son in, in the fact that this isn't how he would react to me. We were very close. I could tell by his eyes when I first saw him tonight that he really didn't recognize me. He, was, he wanted to. I could see it in his face. He wanted to. If he was faking it, there was no way he could have faked that. Am not and have not, throughout this entire ordeal, faked anything. This is probably the most horrifying nightmare that anybody could go through, losing an identity, losing every ounce and fiber of a person's life, having it pulled away. And then nine months later, have it given back to you or have it presented to you, but you still don't, don't have it. And I give anything in the world to remember right now. And world-class championship wrestling, I'm Bill Mercer with Jay Salley. Good night from Dallas, Texas. <laughs>